0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Flipping It, the podcast all about reselling. It's episode number 39, and we are joined with Romer the Romer. Uh, What's going on, Romer? How are you doing today? Pretty good. And and your actual name's Avery, right?
1: Yeah, Avery. My middle name is Romer. Okay, cool. I go by Romer the Romer because I roam around and uh, sell books, and Romer's my middle name, so it's a cool little... Cool little nickname. Yeah,
0: it's a great name. I I was gonna ask you like kind of how you got it, but that answers it perfectly. Um, so how long yeah. have you been uh selling now?
1: About two years now.
0: Two years now. Okay. Wow. All right. Cool. So kind of like, um, I kind of want to get like a backstory of like how you got into selling in general, because it's always, um, two years, always two years. Oh, two I'll years full time. I'll put it, it that
1: way. Okay. Two, two years full time. Yeah.
0: All right. So kind of how did you like get into it?
1: Okay. So about. I keep saying four years ago, It's almost five years ago now, I guess.
0: Oh,
1: wow. Um, when I was in college, I sold my first textbook. Okay. So
0: Was it a textbook that you graduated used? Graduated high
1: school. Y- yeah. Yeah. Okay, so cool. I would, I was just selling on Amazon just to flip mm-hmm. books that I was already, already using. I didn't want to sell them back to the bookstore because the bookstore <laughs> offered me like $20 and I spent like $100 on it. So I'd flip it on Amazon for like 80 to 100 bucks. I wouldn't even flip it. I, I would just sell it back. I would lose like $20 but that was better than renting it for 40 and um started doing that for my friends too and I didn't even pay myself a commission until they told their friends about what I was doing and I would take a small commission so when the book sold I was probably honestly losing money because I didn't know about like all the fees and stuff I was just I was paying them based off the sales price so I was probably losing money but um then I started purchasing other kids books up front so like okay now i can sell this for 100 i'm gonna pay them 25 30 bucks and then i became the bookstore um and i would pay more than the bookstore so the bookstore would offer 20 bucks and then i would pay 25 i was just like i give you five dollars more than the bookstore because the bookstore offered such low prices still made me profitable um to do that so it took like a 700 hundred dollar loan <laughs> from my dad and i i bought like I don't know. They, at the time, it seemed like so many books, but I, I bought a ton of books and then I I flipped them and paid paid my dad back, and I was I was making decent money doing that. And then I started my own landscaping company after I graduated college, and I was still kind of doing books on the side. And I never gone to a thrift store or anything or a library like Reezy was doing.
0: Mm-hmm. And I
1: watched some of his videos and I was like, you know what, I'm gonna try this because I wasn't in college anymore. I couldn't pull books from from my college campus, mm-hmm. so I went to a thrift store and started scanning with the amazon seller app and i was i was like this is so stupid because it took me like 10 minutes to scan one shelf and i didn't find one book that was worth a damn and then after that i got better at it i downloaded a seller tool um fba scan at the time and i went out and still it still sucked but then eventually i i don't know when it took off but i just kept grinding and kept going to thrift stores and it was really nice making money like opening up the amazon seller app and seeing sales roll in Mm -hmm. and when i was like i would be out cutting grass and i would make you know like 60 bucks on my phone and i'd like this is there's something to this and so yeah Yeah.
0: so you were doing that landscaping was kind of like your full-time and then book selling was like part-time yeah so how long were you doing that like part-time
1: selling i did landscaping for one summer and okay. then I coached wrestling after that, oh, really which cool. paid like slave wages. And yeah, I, I was
0: think. yeah, that's that's cool. I really like that.
1: Yeah. So you you like wrestling?
0: Well, or... I like just like the coaching aspect. I, I do want to try wrestling. I just never did it. I played sports throughout all high school, so that's been fun. I gotcha. Just...
1: All
0: right. I didn't know. You yeah, did so that I coached things. wrestling. Cool.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I coached wrestling. I got paid thousand dollars for the season, and I was like, "Are you fucking serious? Yeah, that's like Dude. nothing." you just paid me a thousand dollars for countless hours of work i put Mm -hmm. in you know at least three to five hours a day (laughs) and i got paid a thousand dollars and and i would go out to thrift stores and libraries during the day and just you know source as many books as i could Mm. and then i saved i had enough money saved up from the landscaping business and from coaching and I was living with my parents, too, so I wasn't really spending that much money. Mm-hmm. And I decided to live in my car.
0: So okay. I, I I've heard a pimped out that.
1: my car. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I pimped out my car, took out my front seat, and I put down um, a wrestling mat as my bed, okay. and then I drove to California and uh, sourced the whole way. I saw the Grand Canyon. The, the point of the trip was really to just see the country. Mm-hmm. and that's what I did but I also paid for my trip by sourcing and living way below my means. I I was barely spending any money so, except so on the inventory. Okay.
0: Yeah, so what made you kind of want to jump into that and actually go out and do that? I wanted just to just travel. You wanted to Okay, it was just the travel part. And then kind of like yep. what how long did it take to like kind of get it planned and get it set up?
1: Uh not super long. Was it was, was it kind of like an impulse as,
0: thing? Or was it planned? No.
1: I'd been planning it for months. Okay. I I I mean, I didn't really, I mean, I literally, like, made my car livable. And I was like, okay, Mm. I have a home. And then I found a way to make money. And Mm. I would also, I would get, like, food for free from, like, Holiday Expresses and and Best Westerns. I would just go and get, like, free breakfast. Uh, A a big point of the trip was just, like, to live super frugally.
0: and, And And how long was the trip? Three months. Three months. Wow. There and back, yeah. obviously. Okay,
1: cool. Yep. So, yeah, I went. It was like a giant U across the country. So I went um, all the way to Cali, all the way up the coast of Washington, okay. and all the way back.
0: That sounds fun. I Through Minnesota. I've been thinking about doing something similar, but I got to plan it a lot.
1: Yes. You should. You should. Yeah. It, it, it'll. another reason was just to, like, put myself in a super uncomfortable situation Mm-hmm. But it got to the point where I actually preferred living, sleeping in my car than staying at my friends' houses. Like, if the weather was good, I'd much rather sleep in my car than sleep on their couch. Interesting. That, that's how nice my car was, yeah.
0: Oh, yeah? That's pretty
1: cool. So, do you, yeah, you do... It was, like, it was like my bedroom.
0: Yeah, okay, that's cool. So, you do these trips often, right? Because, like, your name, Roamer the Roamer. Um, like, how often yeah. do you, say you go on, like, these sourcing trips?
1: Um, I'd say every two months at least every month maybe every month to two months and And it's always something different okay and what's the reason behind like your
0: sourcing trips like why why do you decide to go out and source now it's because instead of just traveling before
1: uh what's the question again
0: like uh so what's like the reasoning instead of like just staying around your area and sourcing and like going out and sourcing
1: well okay the original reason was just to travel and and through the country. through building a network and kind of through becoming known as this kid who travels around, mm-hmm. I, opportunities would present themselves um, where maybe, you know, someone's got a personal collection of 2000 books mm. and an, a retail arbitrage guy finds out about it. He's like, I'm not going to do it, but I know Romer will. And he reaches out to me and I'm like, hell yeah, I'll come do that. Or maybe someone's got like a, an, a crazy amount of textbooks. You know, they have like a source with a crazy amount of textbooks, same story. They, they know about it. They don't want to deal with it, but they reach out to me. So I'll, you know, drive across the country for like these thousand dollar deals. So that's, that's part of the reason why I've been doing it. And then more so now, like we were talking about before this call started, um, I'm doing this trip more for networking purposes, mm-hmm. um, meeting up with a, a lot of different resellers because I've found that through networking. Um, so many opportunities present themselves. Um, so I'm, I'm really just trying to strengthen my network, build it up, and, and just continue, continuing to expand it and um, stay in touch with my audience as well. Doing a couple meetups in New York, in Boston, so I get to talk with a lot of you guys, which is, uh, I believe the ROI in that is, is exponential. Yeah, especially since now I'm offering a service for the reselling community. Mm-hmm. I'm doing restrictedinventory.com. Yeah, I was so going to get into that as well. Like the, big time. The, the more, the more I, I get to know you guys, mm-hmm. the, the better I can serve. And I've done business with so many, of, so, so many people um, that follow me that I, for me to stop doing that and just stop networking would be really stupid. So yeah. I'm just going to keep doing what works. Yeah, and you've built your name up,
0: and it, you're holding to it. So it's really awesome to see that. Um, has there any, been like any like downside, on like where a trip like didn't go so well?
1: Oh yeah, I yeah. kind of want to get into Philly that last weekend.
0: Well, last weekend, yeah.
1: Um, yeah, Philly was for me. I I believe it was actually a really good trip. But okay. profit wise, a bookstore closed down, mm. and I got a cheap flight for seventy five bucks to Philadelphia. Okay, and um Caleb Ross the book slipper he came out too we were going to go in on the deal together and so we, we get to the place and the bookstore owner wasn't happy with our offer and he was he was going to let us like walk away basically and we were like okay like we just flew to Philly we're not going to waste our time you know we're, we're going to try and get something out of this deal. So we worked out something with the bookstore owner and we cherry picked what we could, but we only got like I think 274 books total wow. is what we got. That's not a lot. That's so, not lot. I mean, yeah, for flying across the country.
0: Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and,
1: yeah, it's great for like but, a normal
0: sourcing trip in your neighborhood, but for flying right. Yeah, I get that.
1: Right. And and so we we probably Broke even on that trip, or left with maybe a couple thousand profit. It said Mm six thousand profit total, but we paid. I think we paid like fifteen hundred for the Airbnb the whole time. It was a pretty nice Airbnb, and then, um, food. You know, all the Ubers and everything we got. But we got to see the city. We got to do a couple meetups with, um, his audience and my audience, Mm -hmm. and they actually came and helped us scan the bookstore. And then Caleb's one of my mentors. Uh, He's taught me so much. And he he actually inspired me to go on my first road trip. He did did a little road trip to Oklahoma with his wife. Okay. And his big thing was sourcing towns that have never been hit by resellers. He inspired me to to go on that trip. But he's, like, he's way ahead of me in the game. So just being able to hang out with my mentor for a full week, I look at that as a win, you know. Oh, yeah, so I don't time. look at that trip as, as necessarily a loss. So <laughs> I guess I didn't answer your question. I look at that as like a dub for me. Yeah. And for him, he looked at it as like I'm a rising star in the you know, community. Like mm-hmm. I just started, and I'm, I'm building an audience. He's got scout IQ. So obviously him having me as a friend also provides value for him as well. And plus we just like each other. So yeah. there's, there's a little, bunch of great little stories going on there.
0: Yeah, I saw all the stories. You yeah, guys it's super cool to see that go down. So
1: as far as the worst sourcing trip, though, um, I drove from St. Petersburg to Waco, Texas one time and someone else actually got me this lead, which goes back to networking. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a lot of potential there. And I got there and they were like the shittiest books I've ever seen in my life. It was like a couple thousand I had to go through and they were all in boxes. I had to take them out and then scan them. It was it was such a terrible experience and we had to get rid of all the duds and i probably pulled two boxes of books oh no and uh yeah that's the risk you're taking i guess at that point yeah yeah it was was bad
0: yeah it sounds pretty bad i slept Um, on the floor you slept on the floor there
1: yeah this is like after i lived in my car so i had my car seats back in my car okay um so i couldn't i couldn't sleep in my car anymore so i just i didn't want to we were going in on the deal and the other person was paying for a lot of the expenses mm-hmm. and I didn't want to even make him pay for a hotel because I was listing the books under his account and I was just like, dude, like, I'm just going to sleep on the floor tonight. Like, don't even worry about it. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool at least. Because that's how bad I felt.
0: Yeah, because the books are just no good.
1: Yeah. yeah. So He was going like, to lose either way. Yeah.
0: Well, at least he helped him out a little bit. So yeah. another thing I've, oh, I've been hearing you talk a lot about is, like, the 10X listing method. Yep. Like, uh, just kind of, like, explain what that is and, like, how you've made it and, like, what you do.
1: So this developed kind of the first prototype of this method was when I was living in my car. Mm-hmm. I was tired of bringing books into Starbucks. I would have to load books up into boxes and take them into Starbucks like a weirdo mm-hmm. and just start listing books in the and middle you that of that for the wi-fi and, i'm assuming yeah wi-fi super fast okay it, it, that's yeah. like my so that's, office okay basically. yeah makes sense a, a lot of times i would do it outside of starbucks so mm-hmm. i would they have like tables outside i would do them there and that was great but um it was just i was like there's got to be a better solution than taking the books out bringing them into a place and when, when I, I went on a sourcing trip with my buddy Andrew Gong. We went to the uh, East Coast. We went. We went from Portland, Maine, all the way down to Washington D.C. I went all the way down to Florida, but I dropped him off at D.C. and he flew back. Wow. But on that trip, I, like sometimes we'd stay at an Airbnb on the third floor, and I was like, "There's got to be a solution to this because we're we're we would we, we're doing really well. The Northeast is a great place to source books, mm-hmm. and we'd be bringing you know five, ten boxes of books, sometimes more, to like the third floor of Airbnb. I was like. There's got to be a like a solution, you know, to where we don't have to like this is just silly. And so what we started doing at the at the beginning, it was super rough. We would scan all the books into a spreadsheet on my phone, mm-hmm. and then we would go inside and we would copy and paste all the ISBNs into Excel. list that that's the listing software we use and Little things would happen. Um, we we would get split shipments. Even when we were using inventory placement, we would get split sometimes. So I would send Andrew out to the car, and it was like winter time. It was like December, <laughs> and he would like be pulling like a certain split out of, you know, the bottom of a box, and we, we, we he wouldn't know where the hell it was because we yeah. just listed like 300 books, and I'm like, dude, I don't know where that box is. Do you remember where this book is? Oh no. And then with the 10x listing method, um. It's like a fine-tuned version of that. What we did was basically each box has its list of ISBNs associated with that box. So mm-hmm. as we're in the store, or if we're at like a big source, like, you know, that bookstore closing down, we, we literally scan the books into the box. So one box has 25 ISBNs associated with it. And we're not even using our own time to list the books now. We have a virtual assistant do it for us. So the virtual assistant gets a list of ISBNs she knows they're all good condition unless we state otherwise we scan Mm -hmm. all the good books in first and then we'll put you know the next condition's very good we'll put very good or acceptable i don't really believe in very good i I list most of my books good and acceptable Mm -hmm. but i say i don't believe in very good but i have a a team of listers now and i'll go and look at the books we list and they'll list stuff very good so i'm not really complaining but Mm -hmm. i do kind of think it slows down um so I'm probably paying them a little bit more because it's taking them maybe an extra 30 minutes a week or something. But I'm not worried about it because, you know, I'm, I'm paying them $12 an hour. But when it's my own time, you know, 30 minutes to an hour, that's crazy. You know, like that's so much when it comes to actual time spent on your business, like time you're actually productive during the day. Like when you wake up, you eat. You know, you shit, you shower, you do all these things to, like, maintain yourself. You, like, you, you have to go socialize. Like, you do all these things. So, like, the time you actually have for your business is – it probably com- – the productive time you have for, you, for your business is really only a couple hours a day. So yeah, I value my time um, a lot. Yeah, so <laughs> – Like, with the next listening method, we even have Amazon label for us. We don't even label the books.
0: Oh, wow. So you're taking that – isn't it, like, an yeah. extra, like – what 10 cents 20 a,
1: cents a book 20 cents a book 20 cents yeah
0: okay yeah well yeah. It speeds up the process you can probably send in what 10x books probably by doing that yeah
1: list. we can send in like 200 books an hour is oh wow the they most can... i've ever done yeah
0: oh wow yeah, so. so you talked about accelerator i've i've never used it but i've heard it like works really well um have you ever used uh any other ones or do you always stick with excel yeah i
1: started out with ScanLister. Okay. And the reason why I switched was because um, I think my laptop broke. Okay. Yeah, my laptop just sucked. My the, the laptop I had from college it sucked. And I got a Chromebook mm-hmm. when I was in California, and Scanlister wasn't compatible with it. It just didn't have the storage space, or it just it just wasn't compatible for whatever reason. And there was only five licensing keys available with Scanlister. With Acceleralist, I could have someone in Chicago log into my account, ship books on my behalf. And I actually do that a lot now with with other resellers. They'll be like, you know, I, I have a bunch of restricted books. I literally have like, you know, like a warehouse of restricted books. And I'll give them a phone call and I'll talk to them. And I'll be like, instead of spending, you know, five hundred dollars on inbound shipping fees and overloading my my lister, how about you you ship them for me? So then they'll log into my account. If we ever go in on a deal together where, you know, someone finds out about you know bunch of books from craigslist or something and and they work out the deal with the person and they tell me about it but they want the books listed into their account i can sign into their accelerator list without having to get into their amazon account so and, and it does really good it it keeps data metrics um available like every time you log in you can see how many books you've listed that month um how many sales you have that month just what what your turn rate is for the past 90 days uh, your sell-through rate, um, and little things like that. So I think – and, and they're like a company that listens to you. Okay. So they've actually, like, implemented some of the things I've requested. Oh, that's awesome. So I don't know much about I've, – I've heard great things about Inventory Labs. I guess that's their main competition. But I've been using Excel list and it's been great. And when something works, I'm not going to change.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm using um, Inventory Labs now. Um, but It's pretty good. It's pretty good. I like it a lot, but it just seems slow. Um mostly just the pricing. Really? Like I want I was going to ask you how you did your pricing for your books cuz every time like I'll have to scan a book in go they they have a button which is nice. It's like a prime check so you can just check all the prime competition and then I'll just go like wherever if it's like a low rank I'll go like higher up on the list or if it's a high you know I'll yeah. set the price like manually. So it, it feels slow, but I want to kind of get your thoughts on how you price
1: right now uh this isn't great what we're doing right now is we're just matching buy box and everything and just okay. sending everything in so uh list auto matches buy box mm, so if the buy hard. box is 90 bucks we're, we're coming in there so we don't do lowest fba because sometimes lowest fba is lower than the buy box mm-hmm. and we don't want to compete with someone who's not even a buy box eligible um so the reason why we do that again is to save time and not really think about stuff too much. But I actually think I am leaving a lot of money on the table. So what we're going to do in the future, mm-hmm. I don't want to have my American listers or me focus on pricing up front. I just, it, I could train them to do it, but I don't want to slow down their workflow by having them scan a book, stop, type on the computer, scan a book again, stop, type on the computer. I would much rather them focus on scanning and labeling and packing books. That's all they do. And then have a virtual assistant come in and say, you know, okay, we've had 200 books listed today. All these books need to be priced. So we we would either send them all in at 300 or match buy box. And she comes back down through all the books and she'll look at, okay, this is $90, but the next lowest price is 120. And the person at 90, it has like 30 ratings. So, we we know that they're not like a big seller so we know that when they sell out the price is going to jump up to 120 most likely so we'll come in at like 119 120 um and that's like an extra 30 dollars there so it's like a no-brainer it's like duh it's worth it especially when you're paying someone you know two to four dollars an hour it just makes sense to have someone go go through and, and look for all those opportunities where like you're saying there's like that prime gap so i think that's the best way to go about it i don't practice what i preach yet but i do plan on implementing that in the future
0: yeah it's just what you're looking forward to trying to build into your business um what yeah and i know you've talked about it a little bit but you're repricing i know you said you had like you have a person that does it for you um like when Correct. you were doing reprice it um when how are you like kind of repricing
1: um see
0: like, like and, how often. And this
1: answer is not great oh uh-huh. okay so i started out with with the whole idea of repricing every hour,
0: mm-hmm. or it might have
1: been every. It was, it was like twelve plus times a day.
0: Yeah,
1: I, okay. if they gave me the option to reprice every second, I would have. Because uh-huh. my my thought process was, the more I can reprice, the better. Because yeah. if someone else's repricer kicks in, I want to beat them. Mm-hmm. But then again, my mentor Caleb Ross, he he, I found out that he was repricing every two weeks okay and I was like okay he's a smart guy why the hell is he doing that he's like well Mm -hmm. books don't turn that fast and
0: Mm
1: -hmm. I've been doing that I didn't reprice for one full month and it didn't really affect my sales that much and what happens is the people below you sell out Mm -hmm. so if you're if you're if you have your book priced at $20 buy box let's say we send in a book that's $20 buy box and then someone's repricer kicks in and cuts it down to 18 and then Someone else cuts it down to 17 and then all of a sudden it's down to 12. By the time my book touches down, it's still going to be $20, right? Yeah. Well, if, if I don't reprice for two weeks and all those guys below me sell out, I'm going to get the $20 price.
0: Yeah, that price um, will gradually come back up.
1: Yeah. So okay. and, am I losing out in a lot of situations? Yes. Um, there's situations where the opposite happens. Well, um, the buy box is $20 at the time. That's what we priced it at. We sent it in. The guy who was at $20 that had the buy box before sold out. Now the next guy in line is $30. So in that case, it would have been better if we were to reprice immediately. Mm-hmm. So there's cases like that where we're, we're missing out by not pricing up. But since books turn so slow, I, I think a good mentality to have is whatever you price it at initially, let it sit there especially if you're doing what you're doing where like you have a price that you want it to sell for let it mm-hmm. sit there for six weeks okay See what happens and then start to reprice and when you do reprice it i don't think you need to reprice it every hour
0: yeah i I'm, think once I'm, a week
1: is fine. Oh, yeah, i'm in the I mentality of once an hour now
0: and are I, you yeah i i just are you mainly books or my hands on. so i do yeah mainly books but i do have other items like ra stuff so it's like a little difficult. Uh, cause I yeah. can't obviously just I know like, they're
1: lot more aggressive.
0: yeah, I can't separate just like the RAI. I mean, maybe I can, I got to figure it out. Maybe exclude some items. I, I got to figure it out, but I'm having a tough time with repricing. Cause I've, what I, I've, i
1: yeah. found some people that like you, they, they reprice every single hour mm-hmm. and then they turn their repricer off and their sales actually skyrocket because what happens is they have a conservative repricer.
0: So yeah. if you mine conservative is pretty conservative repricer okay.
1: you, what, if, and you're repricing every single hour, what's going to happen is if you're, you know, number three in line and number one sells out and the number two sells out and now you're first in line, but you literally told your repricer that you want to be number three in line. If your repricer is doing its job and it can see the FBA offers that are visible, mm-hmm. it's going to conservatively it's going to put you third in line again so it's actually going to keep pushing you back in line does that make sense
0: yeah that makes sense yeah i've got to really yeah, get into so, on it um another thing we've been talking a lot of yeah go ahead i i forgot completely what i was going to say <laughs> sorry about that you go ahead. <laughs> we were talking about buy box a lot earlier i'm still like a really new seller um generally like i only have like 40 ish reviews um and when it comes to repricing, like, I'm obviously not going to win buy box over these 20,000 review sellers. So do you think it is maybe, like, for now to reprice more aggressively,
1: well, I, trying well, to beat them? Yeah, well, what wins the buy box, mm-hmm. from what we can see, most of the time, what wins the buy box is lowest FBA offer.
0: Okay. So do you think it's probably best for me to undercut those guys? Um, or, like, people in my situation with low reviews?
1: I wouldn't even stress over it. I I don't even know if that's really – I mean, I'm not a buy box pro. Like, I I don't know if just because you have more reviews, if you're going to necessarily win the buy box. Um, Yeah, I'm not not really too sure on that. But, I mean, my advice regarding books would just be, like, price it, you know, the price you want it to sell for. Because even with books, a lot of times people don't have, you know – like 10 copies, even.
0: Yeah, it's always so. If hard. it's
1: a high selling book, it, it's gonna, they're eventually going to sell out. Yeah. And if, you, and at some point in time, you are going to be the lowest FBA offer. So I wouldn't stress. And plus, those guys that do have that many reviews, they're probably big, big sellers and they have, um, they're gonna have repricers that are super aggressive. Hmm. And so, even you undercutting them, you're gonna trigger the repricer to,
0: to just go off develop, anyway. Go to a repriceable. Yeah. Okay. So right, I think that kind of wraps up all my questions. I really want to get into your new thing. I think it's kind of new, right? Your restricted inventory.
1: Pretty new, yeah.
0: Yeah. So if you want to just explain that and maybe kind of how you can help people out with their restricted inventory.
1: Yeah. So a while back, I think it was actually Andrew Gong, the guy I was talking about earlier, mm-hmm. found out that he was restricted in in certain books we'd be out scouting he'd be like oh too bad we can't sell that one i'd be like what are you talking about man like we can sell that he's like oh no we're not allowed to and i was like what do you mean and like i scanned it with my phone and i could sell it and, mm-hmm. and he couldn't and then he's like oh shit and so eventually i'm not sure who my I, I don't think he was my first consignee but he was one of my first consignees and, and he actually disposed a bunch of his inventory okay. directly okay. to my place oh that's good okay so you throw it away
0: yeah yeah like, oh
1: no <laughs> okay yeah no no, no. He, he, Well, that, that's like the term like removal order so he oh he, i see a bunch okay, of okay. inventory that he was restricted in he ah. sent it to my place and then i okay. packed it up and sold it on my account and with caleb caleb's tracking spreadsheet we can track everything perfectly so now i, I pay i have like over 100 consignees awesome. and I, I pay them 50 percent net profits for for their books that sell and some people were sending me like you know a, a huge amount of books. So this is a really good service, you know, if people have access to these popular textbooks. And the thing is, it's it's like a double-edged sword, you know, um, for. Well, actually, it, it's it's actually a win-win for me um, because these books that are restricted are actually they're rising in price. Like the price is going up because fewer and fewer resellers are able to sell them. Mm -hmm. So it's it's almost it's more worth it to like sell them FBA than it is to sell them on eBay or any other platform. Yeah, they'll get more money from. That that that's probably the case anyway for for like all books. But it's it's becoming more the case because there's just not as many other resellers on these listings now because no nobody else can sell these books. So the price is going up. So. I mean, that's good for everyone doing consignment with me. And it's good for me because now we're getting a lot more for these textbooks. Um, I also do consignment with CDs and DVDs and um, DC comic books as well. So we, we basically handle everything. You guys can dispose the, the books to our place. And, and this is a uh, service in the future that I want to offer is where I train my team to go into your account look at all the items that you can't sell that you're restricted on, but we can and just dispose them all. And that way you don't have to waste your time going through all your stranded inventory. And we can just do that like once a month for you. That'd be great. So you want to, it's yeah. restrictedinventory.com, is it? Restricted inventory.com. Yeah. yeah. Go so there. If- There's two forms you can fill out. If you have the, if you have the books at your house in your possession, let's say you went out to Goodwill, you found a book that you're restricted in, but it's a hundred dollars. Once you get a little pile going, uh, we'll provide a prepaid label. You guys actually pay for the shipping, but we make the label just because if we don't make the label, people don't put their name on it correctly. Mm -hmm. And we we don't know where the hell it came from. So we're making all the labels just for tracking purposes. So everything's uniform when it gets to us, we know exactly who it came from. So you'll fill out the weight, we'll make you a label, we'll request payment from you to send us the books. And then once a month on the fifth or before, we'll pay you for everything that is sold
0: and he said yeah it's a 50 50 split so you can probably get mm-hmm. a lot more because you can sell them books on amazon obviously for a lot more than ebay so it's probably even better yeah. to sell them
1: yeah, yeah. It, it it also just frees up frees up people's time because what happens exactly. is if you have too many things going on like if you're not an ebay seller mm-hmm. adding ebay to your game is it, it's going even it's me like dollar. i'm talking to myself here yeah i i had a book on ebay that Took me like over a week to ship out, and it's gonna hurt my eBay account now. So I, I closed all listings on eBay because of that. Just because like FBA, that's what I've been focusing on, and it makes it so easy. You ship the stuff to Amazon and they'll handle it for you. Mm-hmm. So ResearchInventory.com is kind of like that, and we're utilizing FBA. So you ship the stuff to us, we'll ship it to FBA, and then we both get paid. Yeah.
0: So so, so definitely check that out if you're interested. Uh, that's gonna wrap up this week's episode. Uh, Avery, if you got anything else you want to go ahead and plug, now's the time for that.
1: YouTube, Facebook, Snapchat, TikTok. I got I got Facebook got group Romer the Roamer Sellers Community. They're they're all the same Roma the Romer. That's R O M E R the R O A M E R.
0: So well, awesome. I definitely check them out. Thank you so much for coming on. It's uh, been a pleasure talking with you and helping out a lot of people, making some people money with that inventory thing. Um, So it's been awesome. Thank you for coming on.
1: All right, brother. See you. I appreciate you. Yeah,
0: thank you. Bye.